Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Welcome to Royal Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans, by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stand. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. Unfortunately, the Kings lose tonight 125-95 to the New Orleans Pelicans. Brandon Ingram goes for his ninth 30-point game of the season. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to smash that like button down below. And if you would like to join the royal family with Calvin and I, make sure you hit that subscribe button before the shot clock expires. Kings would be a pretty good team if they only had to play two quarters. I mean, they'd be a better team if they only had to play two quarters. They were still down at halftime, man. By four. (laughs) They'd be a much better team. But add one more thing to the list of inevitable things in life, death, taxes, and the Kings blowing the third quarter. I saw your tweet about that. If you're listening via your favorite podcast platform, we would appreciate a five-star rating. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you can check us out on YouTube after every single Kings game. We are live. We'll be right back with your Kings nightcap. Hmm. What's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome back here. Sorry, nice you caught me uh, gulp there. That was good. behind the scenes there. I'm trying to get the energy up for this podcast, Calvin. The losses just keep coming for Sacramento. We got 18 games less or left, um, and the Kings are unfortunately five games back in the loss column from that last playing spot. They got I, I don't win. think we have to talk about the plan anymore. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I was feeling the same way. And as many of you probably see in the description, I wrote, the season is officially over. However, I was watching uh, Domas's uh, interview after the game, and he said, it's really up to us. He said, we play the Spurs tomorrow, we play the Pelicans in a week or so, so we can easily get this game back, but we got to start doing something now. But yeah, Kings suck. Well, I mean, he's right. It is all up to them, but what... What uh, makes anyone believe that this team's going to come out for the rest of the way, these last, whatever, it's 18, 17 games? 18. And actually play defense. Like, they, yeah. h- how is it going to change that much in that short amount of time? Not to mention, the schedule is brutal. I, I know everybody's looking at it. Um, a- after this game against San Antonio, there's very few games that you are going to think the Kings actually stand a good chance of winning here, even if they play well. Yeah. So I – He's right that it is up to them, but I have no faith that anything is going to change between now and the end of the season. <laughs> What's up to everybody in the chat? I see you guys in there, Fred, Gothin, Matthew, Mike, 
Welcome, welcome, Jay Drew. Welcome, everyone. I am drinking a flat, uh, what is this, a Modelo? Modelo. Just trying to finish up the end of the keg. If you guys would like to contribute to us refilling the Royal Rebounds keg, hit us with a super chat down below. We're always happy to take donations for beer. I was, I, it's funny, I wish you could see my notes for this game. I'm like, Kings are playing well. Uh, Kings are making lots of threes early. Uh, you know, everything's looking good. They're communicating. They're playing well. DiVincenzo is playing well. The team looks unified. And then all of a sudden, the second half, my notes are just like, F this. This sucks. 12-1 uh, run by the Pelicans. 13-5 run. Ingram, 30 points. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, even even though they played oh, well in the first quarter, they were still down four and gave up 65 points. Yeah. Like, th this team just... They, they have to play really good offensively to beat bad teams, and they have to play near-perfect offensive games to beat good teams or to even have a chance to beat good teams. So if you're, you're going to allow 60% shooting from the field on a nightly basis, you're not going to win very many games. It, it, I don't care how many points you average offensively. So the Pelicans shot 59.1% this game, and this is surprisingly – the best shooting night of any team against the Kings this season. They've been very close. To I thought 60 that was wild. A few times. This yeah. Year. Yeah. I think this was like a tweet by Jason Ross after the game or something. I mean, like I'd that. like to see how many games they've allowed over 50% yeah. shooting from the field. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Kings fell apart in the third quarter. They shot less. I think they shot like 28% uh, in the third quarter. They scored 61 points in the first half, and the Kings only score 34 points in the entire second half of basketball. Horrible, horrible end to this game. I was so excited. Like I said, the Kings were 5 of 7 from three-point range in the first quarter, including three by Harrison Barnes. And then, you know, what did they finish the game with? 22% from three-point range, 8 of 35. So they only made eight threes through the rest of the game. And they made five of them in the first or, quarter. Sorry, three, three, yeah, three of 28 yeah. through the rest of the game, which is absolutely horrible. I also saw Sabonis get hit in the eye, and I'm like, oh, great, here we go again. Another <laughs> guy getting hit in the eye. But Sean Holmes missed this game again with some back soreness. However, he seemed to be in a good mood on the bench. Uh, I saw him looking at the camera. I saw I, him. I'd be a good mood if I didn't have to be on the court <laughs> during that ass whooping. <laughs> I saw him, you know, talking to teammates, congratulating people for good plays, stuff like that. So he does seem to be engaged. I don't think this is him sitting out on purpose is what I'm saying. No, I, I mean, I'm not going to put that on him by saying he's sitting out on purpose. It, it is worrisome to me though i mean it's this, the exact same thing as the darren fox ankle injury it's worrisome from both sides right like if it's an actual injury that he can't seem to get past in a back lower back it can be a really bad issue ask michael yep. porter jr mm -hmm. then that's cause for concern first and foremost and if it's the other way around and that he just decides before the game like yeah you know i'm only gonna play 12 minutes tonight it's not worth it that's really worrisome also. Again, I'm not saying that that's the case, but it just feels a lot like the De'Aaron Fox ankle situation um, for a lot of reasons. So, Yeah, it's it's weird. Did you see the arena go dark there at the end of the – it was like the end of the second quarter. They went to timeout. Yeah. I, I'm not a super conspiracy theorist guy. However, the Kings were winning up into <laughs> that point. You're not a super – 
conspiracy theorist? No, I'm a I'm not superstitious. So the, I'm the a little frozen envelope I'm, is not a I'm a little stitious. Does I'm nothing a, for you. Oh well, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's oh, fact. Exactly. Exactly. There we go. But all I'm saying is the Kings were winning up until that point. The arena goes dark. It goes timeout, and the Kings can't make a bucket for the entire rest of the game. Yeah. Just a bad coincidence. What'd they do to the bad basket? Coincidence. They turned the magnets on or something? <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. I'm just making excuses here. Another horrible officiating game. But none of that matters if you don't make shots. None of that matters. The Kings shot horrible in this game. Like I said, you know, they were 22.9% from three-point range in this game. 39% from the field. And this is actually having a hot start to the game and scoring 61 points in the first half. It yeah. just fell apart. Fell apart. Yeah. 17 points for De'Aaron Fox at halftime, 15 for uh, HB, 10 for Sabonis, and 24 for Brandon Ingram, who actually had a, a slow second half for him, for himself, but uh, he killed it. He killed us. He did. Absolutely yeah, get ready us. for all you're going to see on social media for the next couple of days is how the Kings need to acquire Brandon Ingram in one way or another. Deuce Mason was right. He wanted to get him. I want to get him, too. I mean, I don't know if he's I available, mean, but... I don't know if you can say that they're right. Like, it, putting Brandon Ingram on this team, again, how, does it, how much does it actually change them? How many more wins do the Kings have if they trade for Brandon Ingram at the deadline instead of Sabonis? Yeah. Let's get into your keys of the game here, and then, and then we'll look at the box score. Uh, keys to the game, guard the three, fail. Talk on defense. Uh, I mean, it's debatable, but overall, I'd probably give not give them a passing grade on that. And then attack mentality from the beginning, they came out, as we have already documented, really, really hot, uh, looking good, and then it just fizzled away after that. Yeah. So you got to play 48 minutes. There were so many times in this game, especially in the second half, where – Pelicans could just get to the basket at ease. Either they were getting to the basket or they had a wide open three and the Kings had to work for every single shot. And even when they were open, they were unfortunately missing shots. But, you know, you, you just looked at the Kings defense. I, I thought that they played pretty good defense in the first half, even though they gave up 65 points, the effort, the energy was there. And then the second half and especially in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, it's hard once you see the lead start to gain and build on you. You are kind of like, okay, here, we got to make a shot. Then they get another steal, easy layup, stuff like that starts to build on you. But the defense just completely disappeared in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then they're just trying to, you know, hoist threes to, to get themselves back in the game, and nobody could hit a three. So it, it's just a, a whole list of problems once again. I mean, Najee Marshall – who expected that guy to come off the bench? 17 points, I think, tonight. Shooting who, who is 19% this from three on the season. Goes two for four from three today. Uh, they couldn't stop him in the second half. I didn't even know who that was, honestly. <laughs> I'm like, who is this? Kendall Marshall's back? What is What is this guy? All right, Cal, let's dive here into the box score. I know you guys don't want to look at this because it's pretty ugly. But, hey, Fox had 25, so, I mean. That's true. Fox, 25 points, only three assists tonight after back-to-back 10-assist -back games, two turnovers. He shot 50% from the field, 9 of 18, only 1 of 6 from 3, though, as the Kings as a team were brutally bad from 3 in this one. Harrison Barnes, 19 points, 6 of 11 shooting, 
uh, four rebounds. And Sabonis, 15, 14, and seven. These are becoming very uh, consistent and expected numbers from him. He needs to score more. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say that for a lot of players on this team, but Sabonis and Fox have got to be 20-point scorers every night for this team to have a chance, given how bad they are defensively. And then Jeremy Lamb, a uh, slight bright spot off the bench, 12 points, 5 of 10 shooting. Uh, DiVincenzo added 7 off the bench as well. And, man, if we go down here to the Pelicans box score. The starters killed Now it. we're looking like a good box score. All five <laughs> starters in double figures, 17 <laughs> for Najee Marshall off the bench, 33 for Brandon Ingram, 15 of 19 shooting, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. I mean, he had wide open shots tonight, but he also hit shots where he was just draped with somebody all over him. That and one there in the fourth quarter with Fox yep. guarding him. That was good defense. I, I mean, say it what was you not want. Not a foul. Say what you want. That was good defense, and he hit a really tough shot because that's what big time players do. Valanciunas, another double double, seventeen and fourteen. Um, and yeah, it's fifty nine percent shooting, thirty eight percent from three, and eighty three percent at the foul line. The Kings missed a bunch of free throws today too. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was going to bring up next. I love the aggressiveness for Sacramento getting the line. 25 free throws for them tonight, but they only shot 68%. They actually doubled up the Pelicans in free throw attempts tonight, yeah. which is a recipe for success. But when you don't shoot well, when you get out-rebounded, you know, things like that definitely don't help. I was happy with the turnovers, too. Only 11 turnovers tonight. Yeah. I, I really like that. But like I said, you got to make shots. It's crazy, man. The The Pelicans had more defensive rebounds than the Kings had total rebounds in this game. Mm -hmm. And the Kings had well, 12. Well, that's what happens when you brick all the time. Yeah, like, the Kings had 12 way more opportunities offensive for rebounds in this game. It's crazy. What's up, Nikki? How are you? Yeah, it's wild. So, Calvin, are, are you want to you wanna crown a king of this game? Yeah, Brandon Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I think it's pretty one. obvious, that's right? That's an easy one. That was an easy one. <laughs> I was working on all my jokes in the first half. I'm like, the king showed the Pelicans who the real smoothie king is and, <laughs> and all this. And, like, how can they name a stadium after our team? Like, should we name our stadium the Golden Pelican or, you know, like the Smoothie Pelican or something like that? Like, but they don't sound as good when you get beat by 30. No, they don't sound as good. And now Arco Arena is getting demo demolished. And, man, it's just like. Yeah. That hits hard right Speaking now. Speaking of which, I wanted to talk to you about that. I know we're going to be in town on Friday the 18th for Kings Celtics. They're doing an Arco party the next day, Saturday. Yeah, Thinking about I going to that. It's right gotta, by the airport. Got to talk to my day job about that. Yeah. To be determined. I think it will be a lot of fun. I'm going to try be. and go. And it's right it by be. the airport, too. Yeah. Maybe take the red eye back on Saturday. Who knows? Oh, man. Guys, make me feel better. Send me some love. Send me some good messages in the <laughs> chat. I feel just, I feel like crushed by this game. Man, I was so happy. They just like, I don't even want to talk about it, but <laughs> I was like thinking maybe Alvin Gentry is the right guy for this team. I'm like, he's an experienced coach. They're talking about him walking around New Orleans today and everybody's like, wow, Gentry's back. Wow, we love what you did with the team. We respect you. And I'm like, that's what we've been talking about, right? As the Kings need a well-respected coach that's been in the league for a while, that players like to play with. We want to play up-tempo basketball. These are all things that Alvin does. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in the next section. 
kind of an embarrassing sponsor name. No, the Smoothie King. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's better than Sleep Train Arena. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there there are a lot of arenas that I think the name doesn't really do much for me. Like, I mean, Boston, why did you change from the Garden? Like, that's <laughs> one of the most iconic. Same thing with Staples Center, you know? it's Captain Obvious for the win. Captain Obvious always for the win. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm always gonna call it Staple Center, even though it's right? crypto.com arena, just like Arco is always gonna be Arco. Even when it's yeah. no longer Arco, it will still be Arco. Funny story about Arco. My mom, uh, who's actually a landscape architect in Sacramento, designed the parking lot at Arco Arena. We still got lost after the games trying to find yeah. our car. <laughs> just so you know. I mean it, it happens to everybody. It's a lot different when you're on the ground instead of looking at it from a giant model or a tiny model, right? You know. Yeah. It's yeah. like in Zoolander when yeah. it's like, <laughs> how are they gonna fit in? The <laughs> oh yeah, we needed a aerial view. Uh, anything else that stood out to you in this game, Cal? I, I know some people want to talk about uh, Davy on Mitchell. I, I thought he had a couple good plays in this game, but not many. Unfortunately, it doesn't show in in the box score. Only four points for him. A minus 19 for the night. And uh, it was interesting seeing Fox guard Brandon Ingram basically yeah. the whole game because I thought he did a good job. Brandon Ingram is just – he's taller, and he's just shooting right over him. No, I did. I mean, I, I thought Fox – he wasn't great the entire game, but he he gave good effort for, you know, an, a good portion of it. And like you said, he, he made – shots difficult for Brandon Ingram at times um, but yeah he's given up a lot of height to that guy a lot of length for Brandon Ingram who can get that shot off over him you know even if he's right there defending him and, and he's he's just a good player but you know for me like I want to see De'Aaron Fox take that challenge if he's gonna be the player that the te exactly. this team needs him to be and everybody expects him to be then yeah I mean he's he should be guarding the other team's best player on a nightly basis, you know, given the matchup or whatever. Yep. Thank you, Asha. We appreciate your yes, super sticker you there. Always. That makes me feel a little bit better, but not quite. I mean, it helps. I just need the Kings to get better, man. It, <laughs> I was thinking. Pornhub Center? Dennis, is that an actual <laughs> arena somewhere that I don't know about? No, they were saying the Smoothie, smoothie King sounds like a porn category. Oh, okay. <laughs> I missed that one. I was thinking about it today. It's crazy, man. The Kings have basically this playoff or playoff list streak has lasted half of my life, Calvin. Half of our lives. Yeah. Almost. That's crazy. Yeah. Shout out to all you guys, real Kings fans out there that are sticking with this team. It's going to get better, guys. It really will get better. Oh, shout out to Vinny Squatch running across <laughs> the screen there. Um, it will get better, and it, it'll be so sweet when we actually have a good team. And I think it's coming. I, I talked to a bunch of guys in the Kings organization over the past week. Everybody's positive, not so much about this season, but just in the fact that moving forward, the Kings are doing things that they haven't done in a long time. They just acquired an all-star. They haven't done that since they got, uh, what, Chris Weber. So I think they have a competent front office. We have all of our draft picks. We don't have any bad contracts at this point. Positives are coming. I just don't see it this season. Yeah, I, I mean, until they fix, <laughs> until they fix their def defensive deficiencies, I I can't talk about this team improving. Like that, that's it's just that 
simple. That's what's holding them back. I mean, you can talk all you want about coaching and scheme um, and style of play offensively, canceling out the other team's momentum, all this stuff. But defense is about effort and engagement, and that's that's on the players. So uh, until something changes in that regard, this team is just going to continue to be a lottery team that is in the – there won't be the worst team in the league. Yeah. But they'll be somewhere in the 5 to 10 uh, overall pick every year. Seems to be par for the course at this point. Yep. Bruce, uh, we're not throwing any shade at Alvin Gentry. We think he's done a wonderful job. He's put in a really rough position. And if you were listening five or ten minutes ago, I was just talking about how yeah. I thought Gentry might have been the right guy for this team. I, I actually think people are putting too much blame on Alvin Gentry for the reason that I just mentioned. This team sucks on defense. <laughs> That's just plain and simple. And, yes, coaching is a part of defense. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. that, It does play a role. But defense comes the, – the greatest defenders in the world, in the NBA, they don't need motivation from a coach. They don't mm-hmm. need X's and O's from a coach. Yeah. They have this willpower and desire that is greater than anybody else's to say, I'm going to stop you. That, that's what it takes to be a really, really good defender. If you have the, the athletic ability um, and the quickness and, and speed like somebody that De'Aaron Fox is, then you can be a better defender. But you have to have the desire to want to ma- play defense and stop somebody. And, yep. and coaches are, especially at this level, can only do so much about that. And you need time to develop a system. You, you can't just join in middle of a season, take over the reins, and then expect everything to be well. Then you trade half of your team away and you bring in a bunch of new guys. You know, I, I see what you're saying here in the comments, uh, Mike. They just don't rotate on defense. Yeah, I mean, they don't rotate on defense because they're playing with a bunch of guys they've never played with before. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if these guys have all practiced together less than a handful of times with all the games and everything that's going on. Like, every team runs a different rotation, a different scheme. You brought in six new players from two different teams, or actually three different teams, right? Pelicans, uh, Bucks, and Indiana. So it's going to take time. I like the players they brought in. This is not their year. But yeah. And Goth and I hear you. Gentry has no system. Uh, again, you can say that all you want, but that doesn't make any difference on defense. That not having an offensive system means nothing about stopping the other team. It just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're all just uh, a little emotionally wounded here in this uh, Sacramento Kings camp. We all want to win. We don't know what it's going to be, if it's changing coaches, players, systems, owners, front office. We're all confused because it's been so long since we won, right? So there's not really a formula or a plan to follow at this point. It's just like we want better. We want something better. I don't want to keep throwing my money towards this team that continues to lose games. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to continue to do that because yeah. I guess I'm an idiot or I, I don't. I just love this team. I'm a loyal person, but um, they need to get better. They really do. Captain Obvious, these 12-man rotations suck. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they need to have more consistency. But again, you know, look at the big picture here. This team started the season with Luke Walton as head coach. He basically said Marvin Bagley is not a part of this team. Um, said that they have 13 guys that they think feel like they could play on any given night. That's the um, 
that that was their plan going into this season. And Alvin Gentry was a part of that coaching staff. So then he takes over. He decides to tweak the lineup a little bit because it wasn't working while Luke Walton was there. They got off to mm -hmm. a horrible start. He makes some changes. They look a little bit better for brief periods of time. Then the trade deadline gets here, and they completely swap out a ton of players and add six new guys to this roster. So then you have to start all over again building your lineups. I, I, again, I, I'm not saying that he is void of all blame here in terms of Alvin Gentry, but like th that's they started the year as a mixed hodgepodge group of players, and they still are. They might have better players now than when they started the season, but they're – still getting used to each other both from a coaching standpoint and a playing standpoint so it, that's the world that we live in with sacramento and it until we get through this next off season and they have a full training camp they get a, a real uh, coach that we expect to be the coach for the future all that stuff is going to be is going to continue yeah and we'll talk about that a little bit more here in the next section anything else you want to talk about in this game calvin how about trey lyles you know, he, he played out of his mind in the last game. I think a lot of people got their uh, their hopes up for what to expect from him. 20 minutes tonight. I, I know he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Only four points for him. Uh, he wasn't in foul trouble. You well, know, look, It's exactly what I said after the Oklahoma City game. He had a great game, and give him credit. But it was a fantastic matchup for him. Yep. And he's not going to score 20 points a night. Like, that's not – he's never been that guy. Even in college, he was not that guy. So to expect that of him is just ridiculous, first of all. And you're, you're living in an alternate reality, yeah. which maybe Kings fans would be better off if we did that. I mean, I, I might be cool living in the metaverse where the Kings are, are a good team. Maybe, maybe that'll happen one day. Who knows? I got to give another shout-out to my guy, HB, uh, a.k.a. the Black Falcon. Apparently that's his nickname this season, but I'm, I'm running with it. I love it when he's aggressive, Calvin. I love it when he's taking shots. Uh, you know, like we've seen him this season. We maybe disappear is what we've used in the past, but maybe it's not disappear. Maybe it's allow other guys more opportunities. But I really like it when he takes it on upon himself and he says, I need to get to the basket. I need to shoot this many shots. Uh, we saw it again tonight. Three of six from three-point range, six of 11 from the field. That's basically what he does, 19 points. I thought HB had a great game tonight. Yeah, I mean, you would have liked for him to finish the game as strong as he started it. I mean, you would have liked for all the Kings players to have finished the game the, the way they as strong as they started it. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm never going to complain if Harrison Barnes ends up with 19 points and you know five to seven rebounds and is shooting 50 percent or better from three and and really well at the foul line. Like he he did exactly what he needs to do. Yeah. The problem was uh, Justin Holiday and. Trey Lyles combined for nine points, mm -hmm. whereas the, uh, the starting lineup for the Pelicans, I mean, I, you know, I, I'd have to do some quick math here, which I'm not going to do, but they, they blew that away, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the Pelicans, they played really well. What is that, 30 points by those two, then they had 61, so that they had like it's a lot. 94 points. Yeah, it's a lot. 94 points from the starters. That's, that's wild. That really is. So you're still happy with uh, holiday starting? Well, you know, I mean, I just don't really know who, what you would expect from to start anybody else other than him. Like, is DiVincenzo going to 
score 14 a game. Like, he hasn't really shown me that right now. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Lamb's probably been the most consistent scorer out of those new you know, wing or guard players that they've gotten. So you could start him. But, again, I hate to just keep coming back to this. You still have to stop the other team, though. Like yep. They could score 120 points every night, and they would still probably lose a handful of those games. Yeah, because they they don't stop anybody. I think it's time to put DiVincenzo in the starting lineup. And I'm not complaining about that. I, although that continues to feed into what everybody's saying about how the rotations and the lineups constantly yeah. changing and all that stuff. But at this point, you know, I, I think you're done with the. I think we're done talking about the play-in tournament and the postseason. So maybe now it is time to just say, hey, we're it's all about next season. We we got to take. Uh, uh, inventory of what we've got and plan for the future, kind of like Monty alluded to a little bit at the trade deadline anyway. So, yeah, go ahead. Start DiVincenzo. On that note, if you're a drinker and you need to break the seal, here is your chance. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crown. Welcome back. This is Around the Crown. We're talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond. Join the Royal Family by hitting that subscribe button. And if you're a Kings fan, you might as well smash up that like button. So, Calvin, we're talking about the starting lineup again. This is probably like the 10th podcast in a row we've talked about the starting lineup. DiVincenzo has been pissing me off recently, actually, due to all these shots that he takes just early on in the shot clock. I know if, like, it's like the Curry situation, right? Where it's like, you see the shot and you're like, no, 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 no. But then if he makes it, you're like, oh, okay, that was a good shot. But he's not making these shots. We saw him have, like, a good shooting performance in the last game. Other than that, he hasn't really shot well. One one of five tonight from three-point range. A lot of those were early in the shot clock. I'm not really happy with those shots, but I love his energy. I love his effort. I love his defense. Uh, I I think he needs to start. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I I certainly wouldn't be – you can't be disappointed at this point if they decide to start DiVincenzo. I'm seeing a comment. Who said it in here? Uh, Oh, Buddha. Justin Holiday is like Buddy with better defense. I think DiVincenzo has played much more like Buddy with better defense to this point. I mean, Justin Holiday, yeah, he's been up and down shooting. Um, but he doesn't take the the early shot clock shots that aren't open. Um, it, he only takes, you know, he doesn't go out of his way to force shots up. He takes them within the offense, coming off of screens and getting getting good looks, getting good passes. It's just a question of does he make it or not. DiVincenzo is a guy who he comes in and he's trying to be the spark plug for them offensively. He's getting shots up early and often, um, as we mentioned. So that to me is more looks more like buddy healed with better defense than justin holiday does yeah i think the main thing here is is the kings are just trying to find who is going to be this starting shooting guard next to deer and fox we all thought it was going to be buddy healed in the beginning right we're like think about a guy that compliments deer and fox the best right as a, as a shooter a guy that loves to run that's buddy that's buddy healed I think Buddy Heald's run like the most out of any player in the NBA this season. He's constantly running. He, he's constantly moving. That didn't work out. You put in Tyrese Halliburton. 
when Fox played well, Tyrese didn't play well. When Tyrese played well, Fox didn't play well. It didn't quite work out. Now they're trying Holiday. Maybe next week will be DiVincenzo. The Kings need to figure out this spot. And that brings me to my next question, Calvin. Should the Kings have gone after C.J. McCollum? Well, just like I said, you know, you can't be disappointed at this point if they start DiVincenzo over Holiday. I don't think anybody would have been disappointed if C.J. McCollum ended up on this team. I think him and Fox would have actually played really well together because mm-hmm. CJ has a lot of experience playing alongside a guy, a point guard that's ball dominant and looks to score all the time, right? Yep. He's used to that. So, sure, like, I, I don't think um, it, it definitely wouldn't have been a bad thing. Uh, but he, you're still, I mean, if you get CJ McCollum instead of Sabonis, you, you still have a, a bunch of holes on this roster overall, right? Like, you still have more work to do. I don't know if it needs to be uh, or. It could have been an and. Because I'm looking here at the deal. CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, Tony Snell. I call him Tony Smells. Uh, you know, to New Orleans for Josh Hart, Tomas Sadoransky, uh, Alexander Walker, a first-round pick, and two future second-round picks. And that first-round pick is actually this year's, and it's protected, mm-hmm. which you know I'm an advocate for protected first-round picks. The Kings could have came up with a deal like this, and they probably could have got some bonus as well. It's it's much easier for us to sit here and say the Kings could have come up with a deal like this than for it to actually happen. I think that needs to be taken into account. But, yeah, I, I mean – who in their right mind wouldn't say that the Kings would be looking sweet right now if they were able to trade for both Sabonis and C.J. McCollum? Captain Obvious says, I think we need to get rid of Fox. I mean, you know, that's what people have been saying all year long. Like, I, I don't – it's it's still – it's really hard to decide whether or not that needs to happen, I think, for Sacramento because – uh, all things considered, the, the guy has – he got off to a really, really slow start. Mm-hmm. And, yes, people were uh, deservedly so ba- ragging on him and bagging on him for the early part of the season. But you look at his numbers, uh, he has not more than steadily improved over the course of the season. I mean, he's, yeah. he's coming close to the, the realm of what he was at numbers-wise last year. He's not going to get there. But he's, you know, in the, the window now for those same types of numbers. The, the question mark for him is just going to continue to be defensive effort, leadership, all that stuff. Um, so I think it's still a little unfair, though, to him to judge him when he doesn't play on a, a good team overall. Yeah. And even though, that, like I said, that the talent on this roster is better – than when the season started they're still not a good team yeah I, I think it's kind of funny because early on in the season or actually coming into the season everyone's talking about wow De'Aaron Fox is jacked he gained this much weight all this because everyone's been talking his whole career he, he needs to gain some weight he needs to bulk up he needs to get a little bit bigger if he's going to be battling inside and getting you know and ones and stuff like that he needs to gain weight he gained a bunch of weight we heard Tyrese Halliburton call him fat, right? I think he was joking. Then he comes in, and he seems like he is fat, right? Like he starts off really sluggish to the season. I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's a physical thing. I, I feel for him. When you're the man and you're taking a team and this is like your first max year, 
you're doing all the work in the offseason. You're trying to get this team somewhere, and you have guys like Bagley and Buddy that don't want to be here, that are on the court with you, that are not playing defense, that are you know fumbling the ball and giving it up. That makes your job a lot harder. So I definitely feel for Fox. That being said, nobody on this roster is untradeable for me right now. If I did have an untradeable guy, it was Tyrese Halliburton, and he got traded. Yeah. This is not a knock against Fox. This is not a knock against Sabonis. It's not a knock against anybody. The job of the GM is to bring in better talent and make your team better. I'm not trading Fox just to trade Fox. If I'm trading Fox in a pick, I, I need to get a surefire perennial all-star or somebody that's going to take this team to the next level. I'm not just trading anybody to trade people. And, and the same goes for Sabonis. The same goes for Rashawn Holmes, for any of these guys. I'm trading to upgrade. I'm not trading to step back. Um, I think that that time has passed. Maybe at the trade deadline, if you're like, okay, we're going to trade a guy for future talent, future picks. We're going to rebuild the rest of the season and move on. Maybe that was your opportunity, but that ship sailed already. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm only trading any of these guys to help improve the roster. And that goes for Fox, uh, anybody, anybody on this roster. Yeah, I have to agree with that, absolutely. And, and, I mean, you know, in terms of De'Aaron Fox's development as a player, like, he, he's gotten better as a player every year he's been in the league. We talked about him being a verge, a fringe all-star player last year. I realize this season hasn't been as consistent or quite the same. But what are his biggest deficiencies? Three-point shooting, free-throw shooting. Mm -hmm. His free-throw shooting's been much better this season. It's still not where you want it to be, but it's been much better this season. The three-point shooting is not there, but he doesn't, in my opinion, he doesn't need a three-point shot to be a really good player in this league. Yeah. And, and DeMar DeRozan is a perfect example of that. He should be an absolute killer in the mid-range, which he is. He needs to be a more uh, consistent two-way player. Like yep. he, he has to be... He has to be one of the best, if not the best, defender on the floor night in and night out for him to really take the next step into superstardom. Yeah. And, Andrew, you know, you could trade Fox in a pick for an all-star. You know, Sabonis is an all-star. We didn't have to trade an all-star to get him. So it is – you are able to get all-stars without giving up all-stars. I like this. Herbert smoking herb by the curb Jones. I like that name. <laughs> Fox is a beast. He just needs that outside shot. He really does. And, and he needs to bring course, it consistently. That would, that would change everything for him if he was to be able to knock down the three consistently. Yeah. And but he I needs still, to bring it every I night. I still think he's a great player in this league, even if he doesn't ever develop a three-point shot. Yeah. If he does all those other things, becomes really good on defense every single night, um, continues to get better at the free throw line so that he's a consistent 80 plus percent free throw shooter every season. You know, if he does that and they get another player on this team, you know, now we're talking. Yeah. And speaking of which, Herbert, I don't know if you've ever seen Phoenix Jones, but I've been, if you guys want to go down like a YouTube wormhole and waste a couple hours, but have a great time doing it, check out. <laughs> phoenix jones he's a real life superhero in seattle i i got on this tangent yesterday i was talking to skip uh from sacktown breakdown we were talking about the new impound comic movie that's hopefully going to be coming out if they're able to get enough funding next time you guys are at gold one center check out impound comics It's right across the way below punchbowl social and a little bit uh towards uh 
just like the K Street bars and all that stuff. But anyways, they're trying to launch a movie, and I guess Impound was partially modeled after this guy, Phoenix Jones, who's a real-life person. Uh, he's a real-life superhero, and he fights crime in Seattle. Watch the rise and fall of Phoenix Jones on YouTube. It is absolutely incredible. Maybe we should do a show on Phoenix Jones instead of the Kings. <laughs> it might be more entertaining. Andrew says, here's the facts. McNair has drafted two guards in a row. He didn't think Fox could get it done, and the rest of the league agrees. That's why Ty was traded for an all-star. I I mean, I don't know him enough, well enough well, to make that assumption. If that's assumption. the case, why didn't he trade De'Aaron Fox? Yeah. If he doesn't think De'Aaron Fox can get it done. And I don't know if you can make that assumption. You know, he, he said he was going to draft best available. Those were the two best players that he thought were available. If if uh, a forward was available that he thought was best, he would have taken a forward. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it, there's I would love to pick Monty McNair's brain and find out exactly what he was thinking at the time that he drafted both those guys, Halliburton and Davion Mitchell. If it really was about, uh, you know, Fox's question marks as a franchise player, or if it was, you know, strictly best available. Is it really that obvious, though? I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Without talking to the guy, I'm not sure you can say it's that obvious. Yeah. All right, moving on here. Let's talk about coaching again. As I mentioned, Calvin, during the first quarter of this game, I was really excited. I was having an awesome time. The Kings were playing good basketball. They made some threes. Deer and Fox made a three early in the game. HP was shooting well from three-point range. They were talking great about Alvin Gentry. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, the Kings could win this game. They could win tomorrow's game. The Lakers are sucking. <laughs> Portland's falling apart. You know, the Kings actually have a chance here. No matter if they make it or not, maybe Gentry is the guy for this team. All the things I mentioned earlier. He loves to play up-tempo. That's what the Kings have wanted, right? He's a respected guy around the league. He's got a ton of experience. He was a great coach for the Pelicans. He's able to manage personalities stuff like that, you know, maybe he just needs more time. He needs a training camp. He needs to bring in his own assistant coaches that fit his style, that help him out. I want to hear your thoughts on Gentry. You know, me personally, I wouldn't be completely disappointed if he were to return next season as the head coach. And the reason I say that is because we all talk about Monty putting a stamp on this team. Monty hired Alvin Gentry. So, there had to be something that Monty saw in Gentry to bring him to this team. He hired He's, him as an assistant, yeah, not as a head coach. Um, so, I, you know, take that for what you will. But, I mean, a, a lot of this, a lot of the things that um, I would say about Gentry, I've already said here, um, you know, I, I do, there is so much truth to, having a, a coach that has a style of play and a system in place and, and all that stuff, those are all necessary. They're needed. When Dave Yeager and uh, Mike Malone were the coach of the Kings, everybody praises them as being exactly what this team needed, and they both were let go. Not Jaeger. The Jaeger teams, until they had some success. But early on, they're like, this guy can't coach a young team. But that that's my point exactly, though, is those two guys are, by, right now, you know, in hindsight, considered by most Kings fans to be people that they would have wanted to, to hang around. Yes. 
the team was still a really bad defensive team, even with those guys. So that that's my point. Like, until the team gets better on defense, yes, coaching is a huge, huge part of it. But, man, you, you just have to be – you cannot be a bottom three team in the league in defensive rating every single year and then expect us to all be like, well, they've got a chance to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Because as the season goes on, they just roll through – uh, the same phases, uh, you know, throughout the course of the season to where they give you a little bit of hope. They win a few games. They look much better because they shoot ridiculously well from outside and they score a ton of points, but they mm -hmm. give up a ton of points too. And then they go through those lulls where they don't shoot as well and they don't score a lot of points and they get blown out by 30 like they did tonight. Yeah, I think Dave Yeager is back from his cancer treatments, and I think he's back on the sidelines with the Philadelphia 76ers. So I think everything's going well for him at this point. But, hey, I'd be happy to bring him back. Uh, Brandon Williams is gone, so, you know, he doesn't have anybody to beef with in the front office. Uh, I still think he's probably like we should have taken Doncic, which I, I think every single Kings fan agrees with him at that point. RP says, what do Malone and Yeager have in common? They discipline their players. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I think they also have in common is they're both on winning teams right now. Also. <laughs> Very fair. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just one thing at this point with this team. It's multiple things. And I think they've taken steps in the right direction. Now we have a competent front office. Like I said, we have our draft picks. Uh, we don't have any bad contracts on this team. Some people might argue De'Aaron Fox is on a bad contract or Harrison Barnes. I don't agree with that. I don't think there's a single bad contract on this Kings team right now. Um, they have flexibility going into the offseason. We talked about in the last stream. They have about $20 million in cap space right now. Uh, it could be more if they rescind guys and stuff like that. They were able to bring in high IQ guys. They just need time to gel. They need to figure it out. They need a full off season. Uh, you know, part of this could go on the shoulders of uh, Monty McNair, you know, and bringing guys like Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley into the season with the Kings and potentially, you know, giving up on this season. But I think he's done everything in his power to set this team up for future success. Kings are going to have another good draft pick here. And uh, I'm really positive on next season, Calvin. I, I really am. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still it's still incomplete in terms of, you know, Monty McNair's grade as GM, it, in terms of where this team, you know, could eventually get to. Like, the whole thing is still incomplete. There's more work that needs to be done, both from the front office and from the players. Dennis says, I think Vinny Squat's shirt will be my first Royal Rebounds purchase. Right. Dennis, it'll be coming out soon, I promise you. We're just trying to perfect the designs. Unfortunately, we're perfectionists here at Royal Rebounds, and so we uh, it takes us a little bit longer to get things out, but we want them to be perfect. So uh, we'll, we'll let you know as soon as that thing is ready. All right, Calvin, I'm ready to talk about the main subject here. Uh, it's something we've never talked about before. It's tanking. <laughs> I hope you guys could sense my, uh, I was being facetious. 
Is it time to tank for Sacramento? Well, the question is, it, does that look any different than what they're already doing? I mean, yes, you can say, well, if they were tanking, they would have lost to Oklahoma City the other night. But, they, but they're tanking, too. They're tanking also. <laughs> and, you know, even if the Kings lost every game for the rest of the season, there's still a, you know, a chance that they wouldn't end up with the top two picks, you know? Uh, they'd obviously have better odds, but, like, they're uh, – they might not be tr intentionally trying to lose games right now, but they're pretty damn close to tanking already. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rick Adelman is not dead, so I don't think he has a ghost yet at this point, but I don't really know how ghosts work, but I don't want to wish anything <laughs> bad on him. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully, uh, Rick Adelman is, is doing well and healthy. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you here. And to go back to the schedule the rest of the way, the schedule's tough enough that they might tank, yeah. uh, you know, by default, right? Like, yeah. they're not going to intentionally try to lose those games, but they're going to lose most of those games. Which could be a best-case scenario, right? Like, we don't want the mindset to change to let's lose games. We want these guys to still win games or try and yeah. win games. We want them to work on chemistry, stuff like that. But at the same time, we want a better draft pick. And we don't want to, like, break their spirits, right? Right. I mean, if, if this team really decided to tank for the final, uh, you know, 17, 18 games, they would, they would start sitting starters. I mean, they'd shut down Fox. They'd shut down Sabonis, things like that. That, that would signal officially to everyone, all right, guys, this season's over. We're, the goal right now is the best draft pick we can possibly get. Do you think that happens? I don't think that happens, but, uh, you know, I've been wrong in the past, so. All right, speaking of tanking, Vinny, can you show my screen here? Let's, uh, let's, let's have a little fun here. I don't know if you guys use this website or not. I've brought it up here multiple times. It's one of my favorite websites. Maybe it's because I'm a Kings fan. Maybe because this is what I've been using over the past 10 years to try and figure out what draft pick we're going to have. Tankathon.com. Uh, this is the current standings, and let's sim the lottery here. Oh, man, that's not good. Kings fall to seventh. We can look here at the mock draft. Calvin, we've talked about this multiple times, and we're going to continue to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be an evolving situation, obviously. like it, it will change for so many reasons. Where the Kings end up being, the NCAA tournament's about to happen. We all know what happens uh, for a lot of college players in those moments. You know, that makes or breaks some of these guys' draft uh, grades or whatever. Yep. Whatever they end up performing or looking like in the tournament. Look at Moses Moody. Guy had a great season all the way through. But if Arkansas doesn't go on that huge run to the Final Four, he doesn't probably get a lottery pick. And things change very, very fast. I remember we traded Cousins. We go into that offseason having the fifth and the tenth pick. I, I was actually targeting De'Aaron Fox. I loved watching him in college. I, I thought we could have got him with the tenth pick. Uh, I was hopeful that we could potentially get Tatum at number five. Obviously, that didn't work out. But De'Aaron Fox killed it in the tournament. We ended up having to take him number five. Mm -hmm. I was hoping we were going to take Monk with pick number ten pair those guys together but they just traded for buddy healed yep. so they end up trading that pick and uh the rest is history so 
like Calvin said, a lot of things can change here in the next couple weeks, couple months. Uh, Calvin and I will be in Vegas watching some of the March Madness games. Hopefully we can do a stream from there. And uh, also, I think we're going to do, what, some draft lottery. Uh, we're going to do a draft lottery party, and then we're going to do, like, some draft breakdowns on some of these guys and try and figure out who's going to fit the team oh, best. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have some – some serious draft coverage here between now and June. June 23rd is? I don't know. I, I can't keep track anymore. There's the lottery. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out the lottery. The lottery date. is like, like May 17th or something like yeah, that. May think, 20th. May 20th. Something like that. But All right, next up, let's take a look here at the standings. As you guys can see, they are not looking good here. They are in the 40-loss club. They've been for uh, a couple games now, and there are only six teams in that club. Kings are rounding it out. Yeah. There will be more by the end of the year, but not many more. If they would have won this game tonight, this would have been huge. You, you take a look at the standings. They, they would have uh, tied San Antonio for wins. If they beat them tomorrow, they would have leapfrogged them. They would have been tied with Portland and New Orleans for wins. The Lakers have been losing games as of late. We saw them lose to the Mavericks. Last night, they lost to the Pelicans a few nights earlier. It's just they needed to win this game tonight. They did. They really did. All right, next up, I want to show you guys something cool here for all my NFT fans out there. Um, this is NBA Top Shots. I don't know if you guys are, are into this stuff or not. but If you're not and you're just a basketball fan, this right here, what Barry's about to show you, is worth getting into NBA Top Shots alone just for what they're offering here. I got to find it. Just none of you guys outbid me here <laughs> is the goal. It's probably stupid that I'm showing this here. But check this out. So they are currently auctioning off a one-of-one one NFT for each team in the league. So there's going to be 30 of them. And these are all-star VIP passes. Take a look here at the Sacramento Kings. The auction ends on Sunday. So there's three days and 20 hours left on this auction. This is absolutely incredible what it includes here. A nice little, it's it's not a JPEG or, or a PNG. It actually moves, so maybe that makes it a little bit more valuable. The current bid is $10,000, which is, is a lot. But take a look here what it includes. And I will actually zoom in here to make it a little bit easier to look at. So this NFT includes for five years, Two lower bowl tickets to the NBA All-Star Game, also to the Clorox Rising Stars Game. Two tickets to the AT&T Slam Dunk Contest, the Mountain Dew Three-Point Contest, and the Taco Bell's Skills Challenge. Remember, this is for all five years. I think it's like 2023 through 2027. It also includes a shoot-around with an NBA legend on the All-Star Court, exclusive invite to an NBA reception, Tour of the host arena with an NBA executive, inside access to all-star planning, personalized all-star itinerary with VIP support, on-court photo with the official NBA all-star game court, VIP merchandise bag, an NBA all-star jersey, and a bunch of NBA Top Shock packs here. I don't know why I'm showing you guys this because I plan on bidding if the price doesn't go up too much, but... If one of you guys outbid me and you end up winning, there's two tickets, so you can bring me along. <laughs> you can bring me along with. But I just wanted to show you guys that. I, I think it's pretty cool. 
NFTs are wild and just all these new experiences that they're adding. This is definitely something for the ultimate NBA fan and the ultimate Sacramento Kings fan. I've never been to an all-star game. And honestly, I didn't watch much of the all-star weekend this past week. But uh, if you want to bring me along, I'm happy to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like baseball, right? Being yeah. at a baseball game is way yes. more fun than watching it on TV. Yes. Maybe Calvin and I will uh, flip the Christie coin there you go. to see who gets to go with you guys. Yes, Dennis, it's an auction. It mm-hmm. ends on Sunday. The starting bid is $10,000. It's, it's an auction that's based on each individual team. Yes. So all the starting bids are, start at $10,000. Yep. But obviously for teams like the Lakers or the Celtics or something like that, you could imagine the price, the the eventual selling price being much, much higher than it would be for a team like Sacramento. I think the Lakers actually just ended today. Oh, wow. This price really jumped up. It was at like 15000 earlier today, and it looks like it ended at 50, 51000 Holy cow. So, yeah, Kings Kings is a bargain. Kings is a bargain. All right, guys, um, it's break time again. But when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings next week of basketball uh, action with Kings Crusade. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their losing crusade. Next up is the San Antonio Spurs. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you hit that like button down below and please consider subscribing to the channel. Calvin and I do this for fun. We are not professionals. We are fans like you. We get paid in likes and uh, subscri- uh, subscriptions. And super chats. And super, oh, and super chats for, for the, beer, uh, the beer fund. All right, Calvin. So next up is the Spurs. I think this is a big game. Kings got to win it. If they lose, it's officially over. I know I said that today already, so I I probably lost all credibility here. But let's go over your keys to the game. Well, I think it's over even if they win this game just because of the rest of the schedule. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a phenomenal, phenomenal sprint to the finish here for the Kings to really make make some noise in the standings. Uh, I've talked about defense, you know, ad nauseum this whole night. It's going to continue. More more defense word vomit because that's the key to the game for me. I mean, it could be as simple as that. One key, play defense. Guard the three, talk on D, and this time my key to this Pelicans game, or one of my keys, was to get off to a good start attack mode early, you have to look like this is a must-win game, all that stuff. Well, they did for a half, and then they failed. So now the key is find a way to play a complete 48-minute game. Oh, it's it's harder than it sounds, Calvin. And, and De'Aaron Fox, you know, Brandon Ingram was a tough matchup. I know he didn't guard him the entire night. DeJounte Murray's having a phenomenal season, and he is a guy that has been compared to De'Aaron Fox. They have very similar skill sets. Uh, De'Aaron better show up and and play really well in this matchup. He can't let DeJounte Murray go for a a 30-point triple-double. 
Shout out to Shane here for being an asshole in the chat. Thanks, Shane. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, they just got to win. They, they, they have to play better basketball. They have to be consistent, and they have to play uh, defense. They got to make shots. Like, there, there's way more than three keys to this game, in my opinion. Uh, but like, like you said earlier, uh, are they winning games at this point, or are they losing games? We don't really know. So uh, I don't see wins – just because of the fact that I think that they're done through the rest of the season, I think that this is the lost season at this point. Maybe not lost in the fact that we were able to acquire an all-star, we were able to get rid of Buddy, uh, you know, stuff like that are positives that I like to take from the season. But for me, I'm not measuring success through the rest of the season in wins and losses. I'm measuring it in, uh, are these guys playing together? Are they healthy? Uh, are they communicating? Are they making strides in the right direction? That, for me, is a win through the rest of the season. So I think I try and stay positive. It's really hard, especially watching this team continuously for so long. Uh, we all want them to win. We want them to make it back to the playoffs. But it's it's really an uphill battle at this point. I think they're better off going for the draft pick. But I just need to see some chemistry. Yeah, yeah. We need to see a lot of things, right? Yeah. Yep. Need to see a lot of things. But. I need to see some momentum going into the into the offseason. Like we we talk about teams that the Kings are supposed to model themselves after, right? Like you, you look at the Suns, you look at, you know, some of these teams that have turned it around in, in uh, one season. The Suns went on an 8-0 run in the bubble. They won all eight games. Mm -hmm. They missed the playoffs. Yeah. But it built chemistry, and it gave them something to build on the next season. Yes, they brought That's in one true. of the best point guards of all time in Chris Paul. But they were able to have something to build off of. Oh, yeah. I think if you That's asked important. anybody on that team, they they wouldn't say that that 8-0 run in the bubble is the reason that they, be, they were a good team next year. But having that experience and confidence level being high going into the offseason, of course, it, it definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah, it's really rough, man. It's it's a rough one. So San Antonio on Thursday. We got Dallas on Saturday. We get to see our buddy Luka Doncic light it up again. Monday against New York. Uh, then Wednesday against Denver. Next Saturday against Utah. Then Calvin and I are heading to Vegas. So we will be streaming uh, from Vegas for the Chicago game. <laughs> Also for the Milwaukee game. And then on the 18th, we will be in Sacramento for the Kings-Celtics game. Hopefully you guys can all come join us. We're still trying to figure out what exactly we will be doing after the game. Uh, but we'd love to have a beer for you, or with you guys maybe at halftime, maybe before the game, maybe after the game, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to try our hardest to go to the Farewell Arco on Saturday the 19th as well. Thank you guys so much for watching. Fred, have a wonderful evening. Dennis, thank you guys. Everybody that's watching, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate all your support. We will catch you guys all, all um, on, let's see, what day? What did I say here? Thursday. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we got a back-to-back. -back. All right, we'll catch you guys all tomorrow after the Spurs game. Have a wonderful evening. In the meantime, go Kings.
Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.